What's up, everybody? In this week's episode of Guys Talking Sports, we discuss the NBA, the uh, the playoff games and the bubble and how everything is going on with the NBA. And we also discuss college football and the ramifications of the Big Ten and the Pac-12 opting not to play this fall and how it kind of makes things a little awkward, so to speak, for the, all the other conferences. So make sure you turn into this week's episode of Guys Talking Sports. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Guys Talking Sports. It's Thursday. It's not a typical night, but, you know, we're here. We're doing what we need to do, and we're going to talk about everything that's going on right now, specifically the NBA bubble and the chaos that we call the NCAA in college football. But without further ado, what's up, fellas? What's going on? I'm doing good, man. Living a life always. Vino time tonight. <laughs> Yeah, I don't have Vino right now. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I got this Coke, so I'm just, drink, the soft drink. I saw your eyes. I saw your eyes. I saw your eyes. No, hey, this the Coca-Cola, the soft drink. I was under the, I was under the assumption he, he, he meant the, the, the flavored drink. Not. Yeah, the soft drink, okay? Let's look, get that. Let's, look, 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 let's, I'm not here to judge. You know? <laughs> we good. No, nah, but I'm good, man. I'm, I'm ready to go, man. We got a lot to talk about, though. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So let's get right into it. The NBA. Uh, tonight is the last night. Uh, secured some of the last final playoff spots to go in. The little tune-up games before the playoffs started. I think one last game is going on right now between uh, Brooklyn and Portland. Yep. And Al, I need you to put a hex on Portland. <laughs> Um, I don't know what kind of voodoo you got going on with the Brooklyn Nets, but I need you to get Jay-Z and Beyonce courtside. I need you to, I need you to, you know, do whatever it is that you do, because you, you got some sort of connect with Brooklyn, you know what I'm saying? Just make sure that Dane ain't dropping 70 on Brooklyn tonight, because he seems as though he going 10 more than what he had last game, so he's about to drop 70 tonight. Um... Okay. Uh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Uh, no, this is just – I'm not going to do that at this stage because the Brooklyn Nets is already locked into the seventh seed. Um, right now, majority of these starters is most likely not playing tonight or limited action. Um, so I can't help you. Um, but the question I have is what is up with this disdain for the Portland Trail Blazers? I mean – That's what or, I want to know. And more specific <laughs> – What's, what's, what's going on with, like, is there something I'm missing? Because it seems like you've been a little bit headstrong with, with in regards to Dame Leonard. Like, you, you, it looks like you got something there against him. You know what? You know what? I have no issues with, with Dame Dollar. Dame, you know what I'm saying? But Portland. No. <laughs> I would love to see Carmelo get another opportunity to play off. McCullough is doing his thing. I think, I think Portland's a great squad. Don't get it twisted at all. You know what I'm saying? But I do have a problem because he thinks he can go out a legend. I do think he has a problem because he thinks that his his modern-day hip-hop style is better than what we grew up on back in the day. And unfortunately, I, I you know, I sided with Shaq just because he started, you know, he stated facts. And I would just love to see a little egg on said face just because he talked all that shit and didn't make the playoffs. Because, you know, it, it was it was Dame Dollar that was you know uh, crying crying a foul when the whole bubble proposal was you know put in place and he was on the outside looking in because he couldn't get in you know based off the original proposal but I guess the NBA was like he's a star you know we got to give him the opportunity to try to make his way in so they made concessions and they made changes to how things were gonna go and I'm like dude they did all this because of your bitching. No, they did not. He bitched. <laughs> no. He, he didn't bitch? <laughs> I'm not saying that was the reason why. The reason why they did all this eight playoff game was for one team and one team only. Who's that? Pelicans. Oh, they wanted to see Zion get in? They wanted Zion in the playoffs so bad. <laughs> now, granted, they needed this eight-game startup because 
games have been trash. Now the closer they got, well, and money too, but they needed this kind of run up to kind of get everybody up to basketball speed. Now, I agree with you, Dane. You know, he, he was crying because they wanted to start the playoffs with what they had, you know, specifically the NBA. I don't think they more capitulated to Dane. They wanted to get more money. They need the eight-game playoffs, but they wanted their best to get the New, um, the New Orleans Pelicans in there so they can have the Pelicans somehow get that AFC so they can play the Los Angeles Lakers so they can gen up more interest in it. But the Pelicans were not that good to begin with. It was a reason why they weren't even an eighth seed. It was a reason why they weren't even a ninth seed. It was a reason why they were barely the tenth seed. They weren't that good. And Zion didn't play for practically what? The first, what, 30 games or some odd? Yeah. Yes. And he came out and admitted, which everybody knew that he needed to get his body in shape because you were heavy before they went out and you got extra heavy once they came back to the bubble and played. So he, he wasn't ready. And to me, I agree with you. Dame did. He did bitch. <laughs> However, he's putting his money where his mouth is right now. And I, if he gets that AFC, you can't – now what ha- happens after that, I don't think they're going to beat the Los Angeles Lakers. So give him a run. Might get two. It won't beat him four. But – I give him the fact that he made all his complaints. And they said, okay, we get the eight game run up and then the playoffs. And he is so far putting his money where his mouth is. What happens after that, I can't, I don't think they're going to beat the Lakers, but at least he's proven his point why they wanted to have the eight game playoff up to this point. Um, I'm going to be honest with you, though. I'm going to have to disagree with you, Smooth, on this. I think, he can be, I think Portland can beat the Lakers, to be honest. Uh, I'm not saying uh, I'm not going that far. I, I'm not saying that either. <laughs> I'm just saying I think that they give them the best chance in regards. Out of all the teams that's there, um, with the exception of maybe Phoenix, how they're playing now, I think that um, Portland gives the Lakers a good run in the first round. Any other teams, any other teams besides Portland and maybe Phoenix, it won't be a show. Well, you know, I got, I have reason why I'm I'm rooting for Phoenix. Uh, to get in, and I'll be. I'm, I'm pleased with the way Phoenix has played in the in the eight game uh, playoffs, uh, play in, I should say, or or what you want to call it, you know, tune up tune up games, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think they're playing the best basketball right now. Um, it'd be ashamed if they don't make it in, but you know, I I I, I don't have disdain for Dame or Portland. I think if they get in. Deservedly so. Dane put the team on his back. He shut up the critics. He shut up everybody. And did what he needed to do to make sure they put Portland in the best position to make the playoffs. Now, with that being said, if the B team blows up for Brooklyn. Actually, I I digress. The starters aren't playing right now. Yes, because. None of them are? They're, no, they all playing. They all are playing. Oh, okay. I'm seeing it right now. They're all are playing right now. All the okay. starters. They they want to clip. They want to clip Dame's balls. I understand. Which is fine. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fine. You know, he he had a good run. You know, Brooklyn was seen that a squash office, and I'm about to turn the TNT right now to make sure I get in on some of this goodness. Yeah, uh, right now Portland is up by two. Um, against Brooklyn. I think if Brooklyn's gonna win, it's gonna come down to the final. Fourth quarter, somehow if they're not being blown out, I I I I physically believe that Portland's going to win this game. You know, uh, just because I just have some bias towards Phoenix right now, and uh, I'm sure you know why I have some bias towards Phoenix. All right, because there's a Mountaineer playing on that squad, and he's doing a damn good job too. Don't don't. Mask uh... <laughs> because I really don't know. <laughs> not that wasn't being funny. I just I, I didn't know. <laughs> No, but the facial expression was face was priceless. I'm sorry. I know. I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah, Devon Carter has earned his stripes, I believe. He doesn't put up he doesn't put up Booker's numbers, you know. He doesn't even put up you know, if he gives you fifteen and fifteen he's serviceable. But he's defensively, he is that defensive catalyst for Phoenix right now. And, and- go ahead. 
Well, I mean, no, no, no. I mean, continue talking. Continue talking. I'm just saying, you know, I don't know basketball like you. I know basketball, but you know, you're the you're the guru. But I mean, I just know that when it comes to defensive intensity, when it comes to just always bringing defense to the forefront, not so much worried about the offense because his mentality is defense will, will generate offense. He's the reason why he's been averaging between 26 and 30 minutes a night now because of his defense in the bubble. And it's part of the reason why Phoenix is playing the way they're doing because of defensively causing, a, you know, generating a lot of turnovers and just creating a lot of chaos, a lot of missed shots, and it's creating, you know, a lot of offense for Phoenix. So uh, I would love to see it. I don't think they would get past a first round in L.A. either. But it would be a lot of momentum going forward because – they have a lot of young pieces in Phoenix that can really make some noise moving forward, coming into the 21 season and beyond. So that in Denver. Denver is pretty damn young, too. And, uh, I, I, you know, I got to show love where love is. You know, I'm not saying I've always been a Phoenix fan, but, yes, because there is a mountain area there, I tend to take notice. And especially in the NBA, when some of the schools that are not blue bloods manage to make a name for themselves, you tend to take notice. So I'm taking notice of Javon Carter with Phoenix Suns. Well, um, I have to say the only reason why I'm, I'm giving leeway here is because because of Javon Carter's play. Um, I, I Because of Javon Carter's play in Phoenix, they eventually released Tyler Johnson, um, ironically. And now he's playing for he – I mean, he's playing for the Brooklyn Nets. And he's been helping out tremendously in the bubble. So, I mean – I'll give credit where credit is due um, in some way, shape, or form because if Tyler Johnson wouldn't have gotten released, um, he wouldn't have been contributing with Brooklyn. So I'll give that credit. But I digress. I think that the bottom line here is this, is that Portland means has every advantage right now to win this game. And if Portland don't win this game, it tells a lot because, like you said, all the talk, all the to the chatter of getting into the bubble – and rightfully so, you were doing what you can to make it to where it is, where you got now a playing game. So all jokes aside, this is really good for them. Um, but now this is their playoff. This is their game seven. This is their show and proof. If they don't win this game, they're out. So right now, the opportunity, everything is on them. And you win or you go home, bottom line. So like Brooklyn already, of course, has their 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 seven seed locked. So Right now, they're just playing just to play, to get ready for the playoffs. So, Portland, this is your game seven, and they have to show and prove. So, I'm interested to see how this goes down. Um, I'm, to be honest, I'm very interested to see how this ends because Portland has all the tools to win the game at this stage. There's nothing else you can say at this point. You got your starters there. You're, you're off a team. You're, you know, Dame Leonard is at a, Dame Leonard is at a, at a career, doing wonderful in these past couple of games. Um, averaging over 50 points, everything. You win in your games. This is your game seven. Have to show and prove. Bottom line. I agree. Actually, you want to have two game sevens because if he wins this game, then he just gets the opportunity to do the playing game against the against the Grizzlies. Then he's got to – basically, this is the NCAA tournament. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And I kind of – I'm not saying Memphis isn't deserving because John Morant, you know, had a hell of a season. All of the season, but they were so up and down. But I guess you could say a lot of the teams were up and down in the bubble as well, um, except for Phoenix. Phoenix came out there and really just showed their ass the entire eight games. Um, but if I'm a dis- uh, if I'm just a basketball fan and I just want to see the best teams get in, I would love to see a, a one game playoff between uh, Portland and Phoenix. I think that would just showcase Booker. And Dane just going off and just real talk, I would love to see J.C. up against Dane. I'm not saying J.C.'s going to lock him down, but I guarantee that J.C. would disrupt him enough where he ain't dropping 50. <laughs> he mm-hmm. get 30, <laughs> but he damn sure ain't getting 50. You know, but I think that's what the NBA wants. I think they want that playing game between Phoenix and Portland because that's another generator of money because it's a headline matchup between John Morant, Dame Leonard, two point guards going at it. Uh, I'm pretty sure the NBA is rooting for that at this stage. Oh, so you think, uh, you think a better one would be Memphis versus Portland or Phoenix? I mean, I'm sorry. Um, You're not Booker. I, I'm so sorry. Um, 
Yeah, that's. I mean, it, either way you slice it, it's going to be, uh, and it's going to be money generated because people are going to want to see the playing game no matter what, um, no matter who makes it. Um, you know, actually, you have three good teams where they could generate. They have stars on each team where it's going to be generated one way, shape, or form. Whether it's Portland with Dame Leonard, whether it's Memphis with John Morant, whether it's Phoenix with Devin Booker, you're going to have some point guard match. I mean, some guard matchups where the NBA is looking for that. Fans is looking for that because it's just one of those atmospheres where you have superstars on all three teams trying to play in to make it into the playoffs. Yeah, with you, Al. I mean, I think the powers that beat NBA were like Portland in there, and you can do a toss-up between Memphis or Phoenix. Um, maybe maybe Memphis, because you got John Moran, you can sell it a little bit better. Phoenix, Devin Booker, you know, Anton Ayton. The future is very bright for them. Um, so whatever happens now, you think this is more like, you know, getting yourself prepared for next season. Um but to me, this looks like how it is like the last what week of the of the NBA season. If it was a regular season where the hot team is really trying to, you know, you know, click on all buttons and we know how the NBA is. It's that hot team at the end of the season. I mean, you come out the, out the all star break and anybody can catch fire and go on a run. And that's how they get those eight, seven, six seeds. Just depends on who's hot right now. Right now. You know, Dame is like I said, he's putting his money where you know, money where his mouth is right now. I mean, they gotta they gotta, you know, take care of business tonight. Then if they win, it's gonna be against Memphis and then they gotta do it again in Memphis to, you know, they're playing for the A C. But to me, all all Dame wanted was this opportunity that he's getting right now. The same mm-hmm. opportunity that they would have gotten if the season would have progressed. Now we don't know how it might have progressed, but I guess his a big argument, and he whined about it in the wrong way. But all he was asking was at least allow us that opportunity to kind of try to go for that eighth seed if the season would have progressed like it was, where you would have had at least, what, another 25-plus games to go. They got eight games to go. So he got his opportunity. He's making most of it up to this point. We'll see what happens tonight, and, and if he wins, we'll see what happens, you know, what, um, Friday, I guess, would be the playing game or Saturday, something like that. Yeah, because the playoffs start, what, Monday? Monday. Yeah, Yeah, so. Correct. So, but but I agree with you. They probably, out of Memphis and out of Phoenix, I'll probably give them the better chance based on pure experience and people that got there to give Los Angeles Lakers a bit of a run. Memphis or Phoenix, I think, and Lakers have been playing real trash, and they better get that straightened out. <laughs> um, because I don't think they're going to get caught slipping the first round, but depending on who they catch the second, if they still playing trash, they might not make it. Well, you know LeBron got a little hamstring issue going on right now, and AD's just being AD. And, but it just goes to show uh, LeBron being LeBron, Outside of Miami, maybe, where he had his best supporting cast, I'm not saying that the Lakers supporting cast isn't as good as Cleveland supporting class, but it's obvious that outside the starting five, he really doesn't have much depth or anything that could really carry the team if something should happen to him and or AD. Mm. Um, they're, they're missing um... – well, Rondo was coming back, but who knows how he's going to be. But they're really missing Avery, Avery Bradley. And when he yeah. said he was, and when he said he wasn't coming to play, I was like, they up shit's creek. Well, that just means you know LeBron about to go dark. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> side note: um, Before y'all go, uh, I mean, before you move on, um, just real quick, just found out that Memphis is already clinched the playing game, so they're already in that playing game. Yeah, so. You know. I, I wasn't aware of that. So the winner, if Portland loses, then Phoenix is in. If Portland wins, then they're in. So it's come on, Brooklyn. <laughs> so right now, Portland is playing for the playing game. Um, right now, now that's the shame that Phoenix got to wait for this game and see who they, it makes sense. It's a shame that they got to wait for this game because they Phoenix has done remarkably well. And shout out to Coach Monty Williams because Monty Williams can coach. Um, when he gets them all together. And I think this is what they needed so that come next year when they do eventually play, 
I mean, for the next full season and everything, I think this is what was needed for them to get to that level of where they need to go. So shout out to Monty Williams and their coaching staff for getting Phoenix to be the undefeated team. And it's funny because Phoenix now has the best winning record because they were undefeated in this whole bubble. While the Lakers are now three and five off of their um, bubble experience. Like, to be honest, a lot of these teams that um, top tier teams didn't win a, a whole bunch of games, a month, you know, a whole, you know, a certain amount of games. But at this stage, it's going to be interesting because this is not a full season. And I heard somebody say this real quick that, um, you know, because of the condensed version, any team could have a good chance of winning and beating a, a playoff, you know, winning in the playoffs. Like, and someone brought this up because, like, the New York Knicks in that shortened season, season was the eighth seed and they beat Miami Heat in the first seed um, because of this condensed season. So, like, teams have opportunity to take down some of the, the quote-unquote favorites to win the title. And yeah, well, uh, the last point I want to make before, you know, we move on is that I hope that the NBA, you know, well, first, I hope the NBA can actually have a season, full season next year, or maybe a condensed season. But two, I hope they keep this eighth gate playoff, playoff in kind of scenario, because this makes things very interesting. And the NBA is always, in my opinion, always on the forefront to try to jazz up some stuff that midseason playoff thing and don't. I don't know about that, but this eighth game playoff, you know, playing thing, I think has legs, which they can, which they should be able to um, move to next season and moving forward. I agree with that. But I'm assuming that the the only, I think I heard somebody on ESPN talk about that today. It has to be within a certain, so many games of the AC before they'll even consider. Like, like, I think it's like two games or something like that, two or one game somewhere, but it's, it's either between two and four or somewhere, and it's got to be like a – they got to be close. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it does It does add a little bit more excitement. I can say it worked well for baseball. You know, for Major League Baseball, you you get that uh, that wild card team in there. It gives that one extra team something to fight for. Um, a little bit more competitive baseball down the end, or, you know, it could be competitive basketball, but – um, I will say that I am very, I'm very impressed with what the NBA put together for their bubble. Um, I think it worked extremely well. Um, no cop, no positive uh, COVID test, uh, test at all during the entire bubble. Um, You're about to really find out when they start letting some family members roll into the roll into yes. the bubble. Yeah. Hey, did you see? Did you hear the one stipulation it has to be an established friend? Not... <laughs> in other words, no IG thoughts. <laughs> You're like, nah, how long you been with this person? We need documented history. How long you been with this person? What they mean? <laughs> He's been a last week, but he said I was cute. <laughs> nah, you're not getting in. Yeah. Um, oh, but not to change subject because we're only talking about NBA. Mm-hmm. And oh, we are talking about in um, college football, but quickly with the NFL. <laughs> Did you hear about that stupid idiot rookie that tried to sneak in a chick into the Seattle? <laughs> it got <Seattle>. cut. <laughs> and that's why you're no longer on the squad and probably won't catch another break from anybody for a minute. <laughs> Dude, you got the opportunity to make so much money, dog. Look. The bottom line is, all you rookies, all you horny jokers out there, man, pop up a porn. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Handle your business, dog. <laughs> Handle it yourself. There'll be plenty of times for you to sit there and get all the women that you want. Why jeopardize your dough, especially during these particular times with this pandemic going on, knowing that you could easily get cut and don't get nothing, especially in the NFL when it's Either you're playing and you're making money or you're not playing and making squat. I mean, you know, it just makes that R. Kelly, Jay-Z joint just much more powerful. <laughs> uh, these uh, comments were brought to you by our, our opinionator are by Ace Catwell and not of the guys talking sports. <laughs> I own it. And I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> 
Anyway, so, so what's up with college football? <laughs> yeah, thank you. Bruno, I'm making it real tonight. <laughs> Dude, stop thinking with your little head, man. <laughs> oh, man. But anyway, I digress. We're not talking NFL tonight. Even though Hard Knocks has started, we're not talking NFL. We'll talk about NFL next week. But uh, switching gears uh, to college football, uh, as we are well known that two of the five Power Five conferences have decided to not play uh, football this fall, the power, uh, the Big Ten and the Pac-12. Uh, the Big 12, ACC, and SEC has forged ahead and said that we believe everything's good to go ahead and play games. Uh, but... You know, obviously things are still day to day, and if things should change dramatically, I guess they'll do what they need to do as far as canceling seasons or whatever, however it goes. But what do you guys think? And what what really this pisses me? I have different angles, mm-hmm. and I guess we could just kind of talk and see where it goes. Um, what's the purpose of the NCAA? One. If the NCAA is the governing body of all intercollegiate athletic sports, then why is it that all of their findings and all of what they believe should be done is after the fact? You know, why is it that the Pac-12, the Big Ten, the Big 12, ACC, and SEC all have their medical experts, all who deem which is good to do this versus bad to do that, you know, it's just baff- is is this it this befuddles the hell out of me, the lack of leadership that the NCAA is showing right now. And I, I'm just at a last lost words now. I'm happy as a Big Twelve fan and West Virginia fan that we're getting to play. But you know, I I, I still sit there with batted breath, batted breath, just because you just don't know what can happen in all of the scenarios that can kind of whatever but in the same breath i'm just like i did hear the pac-12's reasoning why they decided not to play because arizona california where a lot of their schools playing have hot spots and they just don't have the, uh, the adequate testing that's available to do what they need to do mm-hmm. it seemed like the big ten is just acting like a bunch of bitches it's like you know fuck it you know whatever uh we may have testing available. We, you know, we just we just ain't gonna do it. So we just gonna bow gracefully. <laughs> but I, I just I just find it so it's just so bananas to me. Like either you let them all play or you don't let them all play. It's one or the other. And I, you know, what do you guys start? I mean, I can talk about this right. <laughs> Well, I'll answer you. The answer to the first question, the, the NCAA is there, in my opinion, to take the onus off all the conferences so that they can take the hits because they're really there just to ensure that the flow of money from college sports makes it to the colleges. They're there to ensure that the TV rights and monies flow to the schools not to the players because they're very adamant and they'll come quickly down on players who want to try to buck the trend and say that I want to get paid for my likeness. We should be paid because, you know, we're not quote unquote student athletes. All the NCAA does in my opinion is to ensure that the system as it currently stands now to allow the universities, university presidents, colleges, assistant, assistant coaches, everybody to make money and to keep status quo that environment outside of that they don't do anything else because i agree with you because if you had a a real president somebody that was really in charge and more importantly somebody that the power five conferences all actually respect because i don't think they give a damn about whatever mark emmert says um but if there was someone that you know they were actually on their payroll right Mm-hmm. and that they respected then he could have he could have easily came out and say that everybody has to play if you meet 
if your conferences and your schools meet certain restrictions or, you know, meet certain guidelines, if you guys <clears throat> check all those boxes, rapid testing, social distancing, making sure you can provide a quote unquote bubble for your players. If they're able to meet, you know, X, you know, ABC, X, Y, and Z, then yes, you can play and then whatever separate restrictions you want to play as a whole. But if your school can't meet that or your conferences, schools, 50%, 50% can't meet that, then you can't play at that time until you can prove to us that you can. But they didn't say anything that they're just basically just saying, well, <clears throat> we want y'all to play because we're gonna make sure the money flows. Power Fox Conference says we're gonna do we wanna make up our own mind. So that's how you have you know everybody two out of the three conferences saying no. Pac 12 has really good reasonings why. Big Ten is more in my opinion erring on the side of caution because they're afraid about liabilities if they let them play, someone catches it, gets better, then they have long term, you know, disabilities. They don't want to catch a case pretty much. Nobody wants to catch a case because they don't want to pay that money. And lawyers get into people's ears and saying, well, if this student catches it and then he says that his draft stopper is, you know, or his livelihood has been threatened or whatever happens, you guys can catch a lawsuit in the multi-million dollars. So it's, it, it's a hot mess. I agree with you, Ace. There's no leadership. Either everyone plays or don't play. And one, um, one kid even made a good point in saying that, you're saying that me playing football, I mean, practicing, we can't do that because, you know, that's more, more at risk. But we can be on campus and go to classes and be around people who aren't even getting tested as regularly as, you know, the college players are. So you're saying that me going to classes is safer than me playing football where we're getting routinely tested in these programs, or they should be. But then it goes back to, we just don't know. Everything is still fluid, so we don't know what's going to happen. The worst thing these colleges want to do is get in there and then within the second week or third week of campus or really the second week of a you know, football season, cases break out all across the campus. Or in the case of Rutgers, you get like 10 guys that are in. They shut the whole thing down. So nobody wants to be that team to do it. But to me, the NCAA is just not there. And the Power 5 conferences is all doing whatever they – feel like it but some conferences they're going to push through it yeah um bottom line to me is is that <clears throat> there's no you un- there's no uniform there's no um you un- there's not everybody's on the same page and that's the problem with the ncaa at this point because you have so many different conferences doing their own thing that they never come together in regards to the ncaa as a whole like I agree with you. I agree with both of you guys. Like, the problem is that there's no, you know, there's the NCAA doesn't have the leadership at this stage to put something together um, so that the power, that the conferences can just follow through. Like, everybody has their own mandate. They're following their own doctors, their own information, and then they're coming up with certain decisions that is not uniform with the NCAA. And this is just shows us the lack of no one it just shows a lack of not do, saying or doing nothing to get this under control while all this was going on. The, the, the fact that leadership didn't say anything at all was telling. Uh, management in the NCAA didn't say anything in regards to how to handle it for the conferences is telling. The fact of the matter is that they're waiting until now before the actual foot, college football season to start was telling because no one has said anything in regards to how this should be handled from the jump for the conferences to follow. And when you don't have no one telling you that, you're just hoping to pray that everything is going to be figured out and they're still going to have college football. And obviously that's not the case, especially with everything. Like this should have been, somebody should have said something at least a couple of months ago. And the fact that no one didn't say anything at this point or follow this, any certain guidelines that was established that should have been established from the jump is, is just tall telling him why the NCAA needs to, revamp and do some things differently going forward because at the end of the day the student athletes is the ones that are going to be harmed by this and they're the ones that are putting themselves at risk and we, uh, to be honest it's not really a, it's not really um telling because of the fact is, is that when the ncaa is not even thinking about 
working out ways so that the student athletes can get paid. We see how long this been taking long. This how long this been an actual conversation for so many years now, and it's still ongoing. The fact that they didn't even say anything in that regards, or at least try to work something out. Um, I'm, it's, it's just telling that the leadership don't want to say anything or they should at least have some type of voice or at least set some guidelines. And it's just whole mismanagement around for the NCAA. And the fact of the matter is that you got the power conferences basically running the NCAA and the NCAA is just basically being quiet and just let them run roughshod. So they got to get a control on this. Like you don't let your kids run roughshod over the house when you're the parent and Right now, it seems though the kids are just going all over the place, doing whatever they want to do, and you're not controlling them. Like you should, the NCAA should have had control of this from the jump. And the fact that they didn't now is telling because now you see power conferences now is opting out of even playing a college football season. Imagine what would have happened if they'd have had it under control. We'd probably still be preparing for a conference football season, but right, I mean, a, a college football season. But for right now, everything is just all out of way all out of sync. Now there's people, you know, conferences saying that they're not going to participate. And now there's, you got conferences and teams saying that if they don't participate or if their conferences don't participate, then we're going to figure out and find another way to do it. Like it's just so mismanaged all the way around and NCAA needs to get it under control, get it in check. Bottom line. Yeah. I want to know what the hell spooked the big 10 because the big 10 just last week put out a schedule for all the teams to play. They didn't have specific dates, but they had a schedule who was going to be playing who. And then the next week you're talking about, you know, you know, closing up shop until, you know, until spring. So I'm like, all right, what happened between last week and this week? What, what spooked you? Something about to come out? I think, I think it's Rutgers. Rutgers and Michigan State. Because they both had pretty huge high numbers of coronavirus uh, cases. I think they were both in the 20s, like, around the time or shortly before the uh, schedules went out. And I guess the Big Ten feared Jersey just because, you know, that was a former hot spot, blah, 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 blah. But, but you knew about that before you put out the damn schedule. Mm-hmm. I think, I, you know, what you're hearing about from a lot of the players, you know, this is what I – when I listen to the pundits on ESPN and different sports radio networks and stations on the radio, this is what I think about what all these conferences could have done. Maybe not SEC because SEC, they, them, them people in the South is just weird as shit. Like, it's just flaring up all over the place, but they still want their kids in school. They just want whatever. So just let them do what they do. You know, if they want to go out there and just be reckless, so be it. But for the other four conferences that are want to sit there and actually be proactive about how they go about things, um, the way I would have handled it was if you want to ensure that these kids are going to sit there and be mindful and try not to interact too much and just keep them isolated in a bubble, a lot of these campuses, universities, you know, they may have a handful of students that are on campus. But then a lot of them are doing virtual learning for this semester. What you do, you open up one of the biggest dorms and you put all the football players in one specific dorm. They all do their learning virtually from the dorm. You know, unless they necessarily have to go to class. When it's time to go to practice, you bust them all to practice. You bust them, they eat their meals at the at the stadium or, you know, the practice facilities or wherever they do what they do. They're there together. When it's time to leave, they leave together. They're going back to their dorm. You know, unfortunately, they're kids. So what you got to do, you got to put cameras where you need to put cameras. You got to have security where you need to have security. You got to make it so people can't come in. And when they're in, they can't come out. And this will show how dedicated, how disciplined a particular team is if they're willing to sacrifice three or four months of their, of their life to play the game that they say that they love. Because if they're talking about we want to play, then you're willing to sacrifice those three or four months to ensure that you're safe and that everybody can play. Now, if that's a commitment that they're willing to take, then I think that's what universities should have, should have done. All of them. 
you know, because you, it's easily, you know, if you got them in a bubble, you can contain what you can contain. And once they travel, I mean, it might have to cost you a little bit more money, but if you got a, if you got a charter a particular flight that you know has been cleaned down specifically and it's just your team on that flight, on that plane, and that plane waits for you to come back, you know, once the game is over, then you do what you need to do. You know, it's going to cost a little bit more money, but hell, not everybody's playing, so you probably get a, a little bit more lion's share of whatever revenue is coming in because of just the, the amount of games that are going to be seen now, whatever. But I think that's what needed to be done as far as the testing and whatever, whatever. But conferences got scared. And I do understand, like you said, you know, you know, with the liability, no university wants to be on the hook, especially with that new thing that they're talking about where they're seeing that with larger individuals who tend to be athletic, develop that respiratory, that heart issue, and they don't want somebody to die on their watch. But what happens when a kid typically dies on their watch during spring practice because of, they overheated or they have a regular heart or whatever? What happens then? Nobody, you know, they die. They don't ever talk about this, this situation. So it's always been that risk. So I don't understand why such a non-heightened sense of risk because of Corona. More exposure. I think that what, I mean, like you said, like, if a person, unfortunately, if a person passed away um, in a college football season, yeah, they'll clean it and sweep it under the rug. But if they was to do it with the amount of, ish, you know, with the fact that the student athletes are going there and with the risk of the, the virus and everything, I think that would be a lot more exposure. And to be honest, like, God forbid something was to happen to one of those players in the midst of um, finding out they did have um, the virus, it would be so much exposure off of that alone. And that will set precedence to the fact that people will be arguing the fact that why college football um, should not be playing at this stage. And it would have bring it to the light a lot quicker than what it is now. It's unfortunate, but that's the part of – right now, any person that would – I mean, God forbid anything, any people that you see the people like in the news that um, now news outlets nowadays are showing people who have passed away um, due to the coronavirus. So that exposure is not what the NCAA is looking for at this rate, why any college university is looking for at this stage, um, because that would be a black eye for them, a real black eye. Yeah, and, and for me, it's a question of now that the Big Ten and Pac-12 have essentially, quote unquote, postponed their season to the to the spring, um, or at least whenever they want to play it. Um, now, you know, the pressure gets a little tighter with the SEC and the ACC and the Big 12 because they're going for, like, well, we're playing. You know, it's a lot of money. The money always talks. It's a lot of money, especially with those, at least the SEC, much more than the Big 12 or the ACC. But there's a lot of money being involved. And now you're looking at things like what happens if you get out there and a couple of players from Alabama get sick because of the, the virus or a couple of kids from Clemson or God forbid, let's say Oklahoma, Texas Tech, or even West Virginia, you know, then what? I mean, they're hoping that nothing like that happens. And I've always been a proponent. It's like, if you can have the safety of the kids on campus, how can you have college football going now Pac-12 and the Big Ten are trying to just kind of come to the middle where we're just not going to have either because we don't know. I think they could have at least waited to the end of the um, September when it goes back to leadership. Leadership could say, everybody, we're not playing to the end of you know, September. You got to have, you know, all these guidelines in place. If you don't have it in place, then you ain't even playing starting, you know, in the September for all conferences. You could have did that. You could have gave Rutgers, Michigan State, time to get everything in order you could have gave the schools at least about a good by the time you get to end of september most schools have already been there for about what three weeks at least maybe four depending on the school so you would know by that time how things are looking and if you don't have any cases on campus then you're looking pretty good i understand people are saying well don't do it because there's a risk and you just don't know and i totally agree but i think the big 10 and pac 12 should have at least given himself until the end of September, like how the SEC 
ACC and the Big 12 are starting off their teams just to kind of say, let's see if we can get things under control and get some things in place to create somewhat of a bubble. And if they weren't able to by that time, then you say, well, you know what, we're going to cancel it. But just to do before the beginning of September, I get it, err on side of caution, but there's no leadership to say either every, like you said, either everybody plays or nobody plays. Yeah. And and Al, just the, the piggyback, well, not piggyback, but the, the comment on your whole thing about the the exposure of the athlete getting sick. But let's think about all the irresponsible kids on campus right now that throw these damn house parties and shit and 30, 40, 50 people get sick. You know, that makes national media as well. No, I completely agree. Complete, no, I completely agree. And to be honest, like all jokes aside, I, I agree with the, with the argument that um, why are you trying to play football? And I mean, you, people are at a point where you're trying to cancel football, but yet schools are still open. Like mm-hmm. you're still going to be exposure no matter what. Um, I, and I, 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 I don't disagree with that. One, I, I completely agree with that. Like if there should be no reason why at this stage, schools are open where kids can go and do things. But um, into your argument, there's people that kids are still going where they're not in schools, but they'll still go to parties, still go do things that they're supposed to do no matter, they're not supposed to do no matter what. So it's out there. Um, keep in mind, they do have to be mindful of that. But the problem is, is that you can't trust every student athlete to be mindful. Like you said, they have to be locked, like completely locked in some type of bubble shape or form where you know, and right, rightfully so. The college football players are saying, like, I trust my football teammates more at this stage because I've been around them to the point where I know and I feel more comfortable than kids that are just coming into the school and going into class and don't know where they've been. And I get that. I completely understand that. I mean, because you've been around them, you know what their schedule is, you know how they are, whatever the case may be. You're comfortable. That's that's completely fine. Um well, I think that they should work to focus more on that aspect of it and not so much of who's coming in at this stage. And I think, like you said, some type of bubble would be ideal at this stage. But right now, it's the lack of preparedness, the lack of the fact that this was not done to even prepare for something like this. And I think that's really what the, the whole issue is, is the lack of preparation from the NCAA for not doing what they were supposed to do from the jump so that college football can start on time with no problems. And then when we probably wouldn't be having these conferences often out of the season. Yeah, well, you know, if a lot of people listening to some of our, you know, leaders at a federal level and at a state level saying that, you know, this virus will go away magically or by the time we get to summertime, it'll be, you know, gone or not that bad. And, you know, listening to those guys and not listening to the actual scientists actually said when we first locked down, we might need to lock things down until friggin' end of August, beginning of September, which that's what they first said. Then they came back and had their, you know, kind of soft pedal it, but they were right to begin with. But I think by the time you got to the summertime and you realized things were not getting better, by the time you got to June, you realized, you, like you said, as you knew you had time, then you should have been able to put in place saying, hey, it ain't going away, or at least it's getting better in some areas, not in others. We need to have a you know plan in place. But at this particular point, everybody's going for self. And it's sad, you know, because if if you had, I'm not here to invoke any sort of politics or anything in this, but if you just had smarter people up top just to, to be aggressive and just think for the sake of the common good of people versus anything else, which I understand that other things, there are other bigger factors involved. But like you said, if you locked it down and try to eradicate the virus as a whole, and don't leave it up to states to decide or governors to decide. You're the man. Shut everything down. Shut everything down for six weeks and see where we are. If it not, if anything hasn't changed in six weeks, another two weeks, and just keep adding on to it. And it's the same way that college football teams go about it. You know, if they just put themselves in a situation where 
this dorm, this whatever, I know it's old. It's not what you're used to. You don't have all the, the luxuries of the stadium or whatever. Fine. You'll, you can get there somewhat during the day. But this is where we need for you guys to sleep. And we just need for you guys to just be mindful. And I think if they could have bought into that, the sacrifices, then if one team could do it, 120-some-odd Division One football teams could have done it. And you would see how things would have been able to kind of function and kind of went on. You know, you still can't have any crowds. You know, you can't have whatever. But as long as you're able to see it on TV, that's just good enough for what people really needed. Though the SEC don't count because they just going to do what the hell they going to do down there. That's the conclusion. They just do. You know, I, I don't understand it. But, but, but that's my point in regards to the, the leadership of the NCAA. Because – just like the, NC, the leadership of the NBA, Dave was like, this is what we're going to do. At, at the, you know, while this pandemic is going around, this is what we're going to do. And truthfully so, it's working. So the NCAA should at least have some type of model to say this is what we're going to do for the whole Division One, Two, and Three schools going forward from a college football perspective. But they didn't even do that. As a matter of fact, even if with college football right around the corner, have you heard anything in regards to college basketball or any other sport? No, because now all all the sports in college football from the fall perspective is now canceled because the NCAA wasn't prepared to do anything or stepped out in the front to take leadership and ownership of the college football teams to say, this is the model that we're going to follow you guys need to follow this model in order for y'all to have a, a, a college football or a fall sports. This is what the model y'all should follow. They didn't even do none of that. But yet they're asking for play, like teams to play because they all want that almighty dollar. And that's the problem that I have with the with leadership of the NCAA. Because even with all the, the federal and the government leaderships, they could have done whatever they could have said, but you still had the opportunity to shut it down and make it so that the college football players and everybody can enjoy and play college football, play fall sports as a whole with no problems. You could have put some type of model or place in play, but you didn't hear nothing from the leadership. And that's a big problem because if you don't have nothing from the leadership, that's where chaos begins. Yeah. And I just want to put out there, we're not advocating that kids play, you know, in jeopardy of their lives for any circumstances. We're not, we're not saying that, we're just saying that we want everybody to be safe. And if it's not safe, they shouldn't play or put themselves at risk 100%. Uh, you know, let, let's just, for our people listening, let's just let that be known. We're just saying, uh, Al, what you're saying is that at least if you want kids to play and you want the football season to continue, then you should have at least been, you know, have the forthright idea of putting plans in place early enough and to allow the kids to be able to try to create a bubble type atmosphere if they're able to and if they're not able to then they shouldn't play if they're able to and they can create that bubble and kids can be tested you know then they should be you know if you believe they can be safe then you should be able to play if you're allowing kids to be on campus to go to school then in theory you should be able to allow kids to play football if you can guarantee the safety of everybody not just the football players but everybody on campus Agreed. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> I don't want to get anybody construed it, but no, I get you. I get you. No, I completely agree. And I mean, that's where I'm coming from. Like, you gotta be in a safety position first. Yeah, safety is definitely first. And the fact that the NCAA didn't think about safety first, which, when you think about it, though, obviously they're more concerned about the dollar than in regards to the the, the safety of the kids. And that's. Well, that's the last time I think they thought about safety, and it might, and it might have been peer pressure from everybody's when they shut down March Madness, which I did, which I was shocked that they did because they were going through the um, the tournaments, the basketball tournaments with no fans. Um, I think once the NBA, well, I think once the NBA shut it down, I think they really had no choice but to kind of follow suit. I don't think they would have if the NBA didn't, but well, but. But here's the thing about that, because that was your starting point. 
like when you shut down the March Madness at that stage, that should have been like, okay, we have to get serious. Just in case this doesn't get handled the way it should, we should come up with a contingency plan. We should come up with a business continuity plan in regards to how we're going to handle this going forward. We have a whole summer now to get anything for, pepper, for preparation to come up with some type of business continuity plan to get ready for the college football season. Nothing. Nothing. Well, I did hear some rumblings talking about the NCAA saying that March Madness will happen and they're contemplating bubbles to play their games. I did hear something about that. I, I, I didn't – it was more like I'm sitting there working and typing up some notes and I kind of hear that and I kind of look at the TV and I'm like, okay, but didn't really get the context behind it. But why would they – I'm sorry, why would they do that now? The seniors is already going – I mean, getting ready for the NBA draft. Like, as far as that is concerned. Hey, look, colleges and universities, even the <laughs> lower level D1 schools know that the March Madness generates funds for those universities. They ain't trying to – they're not trying to miss out on that money two years in a row. Who's going – but then, then the – well, I guess because with the underclassmen um, wanting to keep their scholarships intact, in, in they would have to follow suit. Ah, yeah. Exactly. Safety, two. man. <laughs> two. You know what I found very interesting? Some of the other FCS conferences, some of the, uh, not the, uh, the, other than the group of five conferences that are out there, but some of the group of fives, more group of five conferences out there postponed their seasons to, to handle in the spring. But what I found was interesting, and I forgot what conference it was, but they are saying and they are allowing those schools who have out-of-conference games with group of five opponents to allow them to play them in the fall. What does that tell you? That tells you that a lot of those schools sit there and get that 500 to a million dollar payout to play these schools as cupcakes to get their ass kicked. And they're saying, go ahead and get that money. <laughs> we don't want you to play. We're gonna promote, you know, we're gonna postpone this in the spring, but go ahead and pay those out of conference games to get that check and then shut your program down. <laughs> so what does that, so if you're going to allow them to play the out-of-conference games, then, and they're going to have to travel to go to those stadiums anyway, let them play. Let them play. <laughs> it's, it's so hypocritical. It's crazy. <laughs> that, I, that I completely agree. It's very hypocritical. I mean, if you're going to do one thing, you need to follow through. Well, it goes back down to the safety because I, if the, if the kids want to play, that's one thing, but I think that, a lot of people are saying, like, from safety reasons, you know, it's it's so hypocritical nowadays now because it's it goes back to safety over or money over safety at this stage in some extent because that's what they that's what they're looking for. What does it tell you? Those schools sit there getting the payouts that they need that five hundred grand or that million dollars bad if they're willing to let them play those individual games and then shut the program down. That's telling you how bad they're in the red right now that they need that money. <laughs> well, I think everybody at this particular point, no matter whether you're, you know, you know, you know, a power five or, you know, one A double A, I think everybody needs the money right about now. At this stage, yeah. I agree. I agree. Everybody's I just, struggling. I just think it's laughable, but, you know, I digress. And I'm sure come next week around this time, we're going to sit there and talk about something totally different that somebody might, you know, change course or whatever. So fluid right now. We don't know what the hell's gonna happen. But I know we're up against time. Uh we gotta shut it on down. But fellas, where can folks find you? Uh you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, I am our qualls, Twitter and Instagram, I am our qualls. Uh you can find me on the gram and Snapchat and um Twitter J E Ross and number seven. You can find me on Twitter at CatDaddy1963. That's CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. Well, fellas, it's been entertaining. Uh, this time next week, we'll be full into the NBA playoffs. Football will be in full practice uh, preseason mode, leading into the preseason. Uh, college football will be deep into whatever. Hockey, we didn't even touch hockey, but hockey's playing in the playoffs right now. Um, baseball. Oh, we didn't even touch baseball either. Like the shenanigans that's going on with that. Oh, we had so much to talk about. Uh, 
and I'm sure we'll have a ton of things to talk about next week. But with that being said, I would like to thank everybody out there for just showing love and support during all these uh, uncertain times. You could be a lot of different places doing a lot of different things, but you guys are tuning in. And we appreciate you wholeheartedly. So with that being said, without further ado, I'd like to wish everybody a great night. Stay safe. Wear your goddamn mask, please. Because I ain't trying to get shit from y'all. Trust me. I'll come find you. I'll find you and give it right back to you. <laughs> I ain't trying to get sick. They might try. Them too. Them too. They they might not. Not me though. And they got a hell of a lot more to, to, to lose than me. So I think they want you to wear your, you know, wear your bags too. So wear your masks. Peace. Justice for Brianna Taylor. Always. <laughs>